0: Hello, oh, how the tech are you? I am historian Matt, and I am the co-producer and one of the hosts here on this show, and I've got some interesting stories, I should say. This is the um, kind of went wild, a little weird this week, but uh, we'll get into it. So my first story is the CEO who didn't exist. And this has been going around this, this week, but apparently there was a hedge fund called hyperverse that is now shut down because surprise surprise it's it was a crypto hedge fund and it's being accused of being a pyramid scheme like you know almost every other crypto hedge fund out there <laughs> but uh um so back in i guess it was shut down in 2022 and customer losses were about like 1.3 billion dollars so it's a fairly big one but um those looking to hold a ceo the ceo Stephen Reese Lewis, accountable, may be disappointed because uh per The Guardian, there's no organization cited in his resume that can find any record of him. Uh, there were three celebrities who endorsed this uh hedge fund. So it was Wozniak, Chuck Norris, and Lance Bass, and they supposedly have never met the man or seen him or anything. And finally, there's like basically no record of Lewis. Existing except on Twitter on a Twitter account that was created. Uh, I have listed last year, but I think that was actually back in 2021. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so far, uh, nobody knows who this guy is and uh, they think he was just completely made up by other people who were working at this hedge fund, but nobody has actually come forward to claim they created this guy. So what do you guys think about the <laughs> non-existent CEO?
1: Love it. Uh- yeah. That is hilarious. No notes. <laughs> ten out of ten, yeah, or 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 as, or as the internet might be more familiar with five out of seven.
2: I guess moral of the story is like don't take financial advice from Chuck Norris.
0: <laughs> something like that. I mean, I my my only notes is don't steal one point three billion dollars. But uh, well, it
1: sounds like they probably got away with it. It's yeah. Easy, well, you, 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 easy to get away with something when you don't exist. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well we'll see what I mean, happens. Hopefully because,
2: they'll uh, be brought to justice.
0: Yeah, hopefully. These um there are other people who are working in the hedge fund. I think like these like lower level people made up the CEO. Uh there are apparently pictures of this this guy, this supposed CEO. Uh so I don't know where the picture comes from or who who it is. Maybe it's AI generated, I don't know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's not clear what's going on here
1: if there's any depositions from this and they're made public that's going to be wild yeah (laughs) uh
0: yeah so i think like some lower level guys just made this guy up and supposedly they listed a couple people who worked at the at this hedge fund and they think they may have been like rotating who was going to play ceo that day or something
1: the story just keeps getting better. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's this, wild. If this doesn't just go away, this is going to be the story of the year. I'm predicting this <laughs> is going to be the tech story of the year. And I if this story is everything that I think it is, it's going to bleed over into the other content on this network because one of the, <laughs> there's going to be an interview with one of the people that worked at this place where they're gonna yeah. like try to say that they're being unfairly treated or something and that's gonna end up on wednesday <laughs> this is a bay area company yeah. do we know Is this a bay area company um, that, that could be a tuesday angle <laughs> i don't know i
0: i don't i mean it sounds like a bay area company like <laughs> yes, I don't know explain, you know what i mean like there's no it, it's not clearly like an indian company or something like that you know it's uh, the guy, the CEO, the image that they had looks like a white guy, you know? So that usually means Bay area and it's crypto type stuff. So I would assume Bay area type company.
1: Um, were they a cult possibly?
0: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> there's not that much information in the article that I had.
1: I'm just thinking that this is, there's going to be a, there's a lot going on here and I can't wait. Yeah. I can't wait till we find out more. I mean, it was a crypto hedge fund. So
2: like, yeah, probably a cult.
0: (laughs) I thought you were going to say probably a pyramid scheme because all of them, like every single crypto hedge fund has been a pyramid scheme of some sort or another.
1: Yep. It's fantastic. Yeah. What do you got next, Matt?
0: All right. So getting, you know, maybe weirder, weirder, I don't know this is scarier, I guess. It's not, not as much weird thing, but, uh, basically there's DRM that some hackers found that bricks trains. And I mean, like real trains, not like your little hobby trains that you run around your house. But, uh, so Basically three Polish security researchers hacked DRM locked trains in order to fix them. And what they found was very disturbing. The researchers explained uh, what they found at the uh, chaos communication conference in Germany over the holidays, which is why we haven't heard it till now. Uh, the trains manufacturers, I'm calling him new ag. That's how you would pronounce it in English, but I don't know. Uh, I don't know if they're German or Polish or, or what, what they are. The trains are in, in Poland. But, uh, what they found, what the researchers found is there's a, the, the company had used a series of lockup measures that could kill power to the train and break the train's compressor if certain conditions were met. So as far as I can tell for the compressor, I don't know what the compressor is used for. I think it might be the brakes, but, uh, I mean, it would like, sounds like it actually would physically damage that part of the train. But the conditions were kind of wild so one of them is if the train sat idle for 21 days for whatever reason they would just you know destroy the train basically like lock it up Uh, the other one which is more nefarious is if the gps on the train detected that it was at a an independent repair center or at a competitor's yard it would lock up the train to basically prevent any competitor from working on the train itself and and fixing any of these problems. And then finally, kind of the weirdest also nefarious one was it would lock up. The code was found that that would lock up the train if it was December 21st, why? Don't know, like it does, there's no rhyme or reason to this, but, uh, what was interesting about this is one of the trains, apparently one of the trains that these researchers working on did in fact lock up and failed on the 21st of December. So kind of a red flag there, uh, or a smoking gun. I don't know what you want to call it, but, uh, that's kind of serious. But, uh, so these trains were basically a set of passenger trains that were used in Southern Poland and uh you know as all these things came out the new ag has threatened to sue these quote hackers i put quotes because they're researchers not really hackers um even though they're doing hacking but uh but no lawsuit has been filed yet so what do you guys think about this absolutely crazy drm
2: i'm unfamiliar with poland's laws but if that is not illegal it Definitely should be,
1: yeah. <laughs> so, I am a little bit curious about the thing on the twenty first. Um, are they? Yeah, I'm
0: very tr- curious about that.
1: Are they simply trying to make sure that the people who drive the trains get some time off for the holidays? I mean, like, what's going on there?
0: <laughs> I don't know because like it seems like the opposite. Well, I guess the drivers would would get tons some time off, but you know, if a train locks up right before Christmas, you know that means like all the technicians and stuff are not going to have a day off. They're going to have a fairly bad Christmas, I would assume.
2: Yeah, that would mean that the the company that's running the train would want to get it repaired real fast, right? Yeah. So that probably mean they'd pay exorbitantly high fees to have this company come out and fix their train that broke itself on the twenty
1: first. Ooh, yep. Ooh, HK with the conspiracy theory. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, it's not a conspiracy theory. It's like
0: <laughs>
1: it's not a theory. It's it's, it's, it's a, conspiracy. a
0: conspiracy. Okay. Conspiracy facts. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> is
1: it, I yeah I, I don't know enough like about uh, trains, but it seems like. This, I don't, this seems like something that wouldn't just be like a mistake or like HK. I mean, you, you do code for a living. This isn't like a, a thing that would tend to happen by mistake, right? Uh, this would never happen by mistake. Like looking at
2: the GPS data to check for whether it's in a specific location. (laughs) That's like their competitors. That's the opposite. No, that's, there is no way to make that accidentally. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I would say the article goes in a little more depth uh, and talks about some of the details of, you know, how they got the code, how they uh, figured all this stuff out. Uh, It is just wild.
2: (laughs) And I'm really glad
0: they were caught. You know,
2: um, I think that uh, a company that does something like this does not deserve to be a company anymore. So whatever fine they have to give this company, I hope that you know, Poland or wherever this manufacturer is based. I hope that they are fined into non-existence.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's. I mean, I think that if there are ways to shut a train down remotely, the only people able to do that should be the people operating the train service for like under yes. like extreme emergency cases. To like, yeah, if the if it seems like the you know if the train blows through a few stations and they can't get a hold of the operator or something like that there should be a yeah. way in which the train service can turn the train off not that the train manufacturer gets a big old sad cuz they took it to the wrong train mechanic and just disables the train out of spite <laughs> i feel like that is not a reason you should be able to uh, disable a uh, an important piece of uh, I, I guess public infrastructure yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, that sounds anti-competitive. And Europe is a lot more uh they they get a lot more angry about that sort of thing
2: as they should.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. Uh the I
2: mean should we should be angry. equally angry. Yeah. But, you know, when our trains stop working, it's usually cuz they derailed and blew up a
1: city. <laughs> <laughs> That's why, we should, that's why we should put those oh, poison city that's why we should all yeah. travel underground in a death trap where there's no way for emergency vehicles to get to where you are <laughs> <laughs> yep a one lane death trap <laughs> right yeah <laughs> that's a crazy story um I get the feeling this is I think we're gonna probably hear more about the first one that you had this week and this one's probably largely gonna go away but maybe we can try yeah. to keep an eye on this one.
0: I want to keep an eye on it and see if there's any follow up. I'm particularly interested in seeing if there's any lawsuit if the company goes after the security researchers, researchers, or if you know Poland because I mean it was Poland's uh, trains. They, they're gonna the country is going to go after the the company, and what happens there?
1: Oh, and the EU, um, the EU will tail. Will come. Will we'll come after. Pol- after Poland comes after them, the EU is coming for them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So. We'll keep an eye on it. But crazy story.
1: Wonder if Elon Musk's gonna congratulate them for disrupting the train industry. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Why
0: don't you use a hyperloop? <laughs> Who's next? Uh Pink Hat.
2: <laughs> Hello, how the tech are you? My name is Hunter.
1: Uh, whoops, can we cut that out? Let's cut that out. (laughs) Not out of the podcast, but yeah, Matt can cut that out of the the YouTube video podcast. You get what you get get on the podcast. I start at the (laughs) beginning and I end at the end. All right.
2: Well, podcast listeners, you get something extra this week. (laughs) All right. Take two. (laughs) Hello. How the tech are you? My name is HK Perrin, and this week I've got two very interesting stories. First one is Volkswagen joins Mercedes in unnecessarily adding AI to their cars. Debuting at CES, Volkswagen is adding an LLM, a large language model, to their vehicle voice assistant called IDA. I'm not sure what IDA stands for. In-assistant, dash maybe? I don't know. Uh, the LLM is from a company called St- Cerence? I think that's how you pronounce it. C-E-R-E-N-C-E. Uh, and the model that it uses is based on an open AI model. So probably ChatGPT, but I can't say that for sure. Uh, Volkswagen is quoted as saying it offers quote, enriching conversations, clearing up questions, interacting in intuitive language, receiving vehicle-specific information, and much more purely hands free unquote uh the reason i say that this is unnecessary is because your phone already does this and you have your phone with you when you're in the car pretty much everyone always so i don't think a car needs to be adding these kinds of features that are like dependent on like certain technologies in the car that seem unnecessary that are just going to add you know cost to manufacturing and buying these cars uh for really like zero benefit what do you guys think
1: have you ever wondered what your car's thinking about (laughs) hopefully uh drive (laughs) (laughs) i'm so
0: this will not be connected to any like any part of the car that would be i don't know any way dangerous you know it's not driving the car right
2: um So from what I understand from the uh, from the article, it has access to the in uh, like the in car entertainment system, but it doesn't have access to things like the brakes or the accelerator.
0: So if you say Uh, like play music, it's not going to slam on the brakes. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) when it gets confused
2: (laughs) Uh, and the article also goes into uh, the the IDA, their voice assistant actually has two Uh, parts to it. It's got an in-vehicle part that if it can answer a question so if you say something along the lines of maybe like uh, what's the weather and uh, it wakes on the keyword hello IDA so you say hello IDA what's the weather Uh, if it can answer that with only information it has locally it'll do that Uh, if not it, it will connect to the internet and send that voice data uh supposedly anonymously but i mean can we really trust that it's anonymous yeah uh up to volkswagen's servers uh or serence's servers whoever's running the the servers and that the ai model on
1: those servers will answer it and uh your car will play back that that answer i hope it gets sassy and it says you're already in your car look out the window <laughs> <laughs> That would be hilarious. Uh but probably not helpful. But also, yeah, why would you be asking the weather while you're in your car? (laughs) And I I guess if you're in your garage, but again, you can just open the garage door.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Well you could. But if you're asking uh, like what's the forecast for the next like few
1: hours, that's that makes sense but you don't or need a large your, you, don't, you don't need a large language model for that right the car correct. could just like yeah. it could just check like the weather channel or something and it could be like here you go it's on your screen
2: yeah like i don't think there's really anything that an llm can do that you should be doing while you're driving <laughs> like they're talking about having enriching conversations with it it's like you're fucking driving pay attention to the road
0: well the other the other issue is it's you know how much these LLMs have tendency to lie to lie, right? Ask what the yeah. weather is. And it's like, oh, it's a hurricane <laughs> <And> it's <Yeah. laughs> blue sky outside. I can see it might be useful if you're asking if like, what's the weather at your destination or what will the weather be when you get to your destination?
2: Yeah. But you also don't need an LLM for that.
0: No, you don't. <laughs> yeah. you, you do need some sort of like, you know, natural language processing.
2: Right. Yeah. But and, there are lots of other nlp systems
1: that aren't llms
0: that's true
1: so the, the thing here's here's what you do. You're driving to do you drive into uh from from here let's say i'm driving to sacramento that's two hours so i go hey what's the weather in sacramento and then it pulls up the weather in sacramento and then it shows the yeah. time and i just look at the two hours from now time in sacramento and be like oh the weather there is going to suck because the weather always sucks in sacramento <laughs> like you know what i'm right. saying like this is you're you're this is absolutely useless um There's no, there's nothing here for anyone. It's just a feature that they can kind of add to a checkbox. I, and it, yeah, I just, I can't imagine this doing anything. It's just going to be distracting. Yep.
2: And the fact that it's now Volkswagen and Mercedes both doing this, like, I'm pretty sure, like, there's going to be a flood of all these cars that have LLMs in them, like built into them. It's like, why can't a car just be a car?
1: Yeah. Some of this stuff is useful, but not this. Yeah, yeah. Like, being able to ask your car, what's the weather like in Sacramento, instead of having to mess with something, and you can just glance over real quick and see that it's sunny and then go back to, like, what you were doing, that's no different than, like, glancing over your radio to change, like, to skip a song or whatever, and that's fine.
2: But also, you have things like, uh, like Apple CarPlay and Android Auto, which ostensibly do the exact same thing but like it's already on something like I could be like watching a YouTube video or listening to a podcast on my phone, get in my car. And because my phone is my car's like infotainment system that starts playing in my car. Right. Like why would I want something other than that?
1: Right. And then you ask this LLM, can you finish listening? Can we finish listening to the podcast that I was listening to on my phone? And the LLM is like, I don't like that podcast. (laughs) I don't want to listen. Or to you another. ask
2: the LLM, can you listen to this podcast for me? <laughs> right? No, yeah, the
1: LLM then just starts listening to it and summarizes it for you because this is the intellectual Dollar Tree. You were on this show. You don't need to listen to it. <laughs> this
0: is and absolutely. Of course, it makes you, everything up about the podcast. Right? Lies right. <laughs> everything. These
1: are two intellectuals, <laughs> uh, academics, actually. Uh, you know. <laughs> talking about the greatest minds the world has to offer. And you're like, that's the, that's the introduction for the, for our competition, decoding the gurus. Stop it. <laughs> yeah, this you're right. This is useless that yep. I can't, I like, I can't imagine this being useful. I mean, you were saying that your phone, but even just like a standard, a standard car entertainment system from five years ago that has like rudimentary voice recognition, could give you the information that you would need it can navigate to places it can tell you what the weather in Sacramento is going to be it's just not doing it in an annoying way like this will just do the exact same things that it's always done it will just do it in the most annoying way possible and you won't be able (laughs) to really trust the results yep (laughs) yeah I don't want AI in my car please at least not until it's smart enough to tell you to leave it alone and drive. <laughs> like if, yeah. if it's like sir you're traveling at a very high rate of speed, you might want to consider slowing down. Okay. The, the AI could do that. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, as long as maybe the AI doesn't like call the police and like rat on me. Oh, well, that's yeah. <laughs> But also, cars have that built in too, where you could you could you could disable it, right? But there's cars that start dinging at you if you exceed like eighty miles an hour in the car. They've yeah. had that forever. There's also just a, a red line on speedometers so that you know that you're speeding because the, you know, in addition to the red line on your tachometer, there's a, some old speedometers have like the there's a little red line that goes around the outside of it over seventy five or eighty to let you know that you're in the zone where you're going kind of fast especially on some of them older cars. I get the speed wobbles and shit. Um, <laughs> well, how else are you going to go back in time? Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is stupid. I, and I imagine it is just like you were talking about when you were reading your notes on it. It was just going to be another way in which either the car manufacturer or the, the company, I'm going to call them seance um, because it's summoning <laughs> AI demons while you're driving is uh, collecting like, <laughs> information about you that even if it's randomized can be very trivial to uh, attach it to you after the fact if someone wanted to. Yep.
2: Like your car's got to have an IP address. So if they're logging that data, which they almost definitely are, they can match the IP address to you. Even if they're anonymizing that data, you could still de-anonymize it.
0: Didn't we do a story on how uh, bad the uh, uh, privacy is on cars nowadays? Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that came out of Mozilla. They were talking about how yeah. uh, essentially cars are like absolutely atrocious for like invading your privacy.
1: Yeah. Right. Because you don't read the TOS on anything, but you certainly don't read the TOS for the entertainment center on your car. <laughs> yeah. And like, what are you going to do? Like, disagree?
2: Be like, no, I don't agree to that. And then, like this, like thirty-five
1: thousand-dollar machine you just bought doesn't work, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're holding. They're holding all the cards, apparently. Yep. All right, what do you got next? All right, my next story is actually uh, a,
2: a feel-good story, <laughs> especially compared to that last one. Gaming on Linux is getting slightly less niche. Ending 2023 on a multi-year high. So Linux closed out 2023's Steam Hardware Survey survey with a 1.97% market share. That may not sound like a lot, but it's around half a percentage point higher or a 33% increase since last year. And that can largely be attributed to the Steam Deck, which has a 40% share of that linux market on steam i personally own two steam decks uh one for my own personal gaming and one for development actually uh when i i thought i would develop for steam deck and then uh turns out unless you're developing a game valve doesn't want it so anyway i have two steam decks now which is pretty cool because they're great devices uh and yeah the steam deck has increased Linux popularity on, uh, on
1: steam. What do you guys think? Is it the year of the Linux desktop?
2: <laughs> I think it is this year. It's gotta be this year. It's definitely the year of the Linux desktop.
0: <laughs> so how did they come up with these statistics and, um, could it be actually lower numbers? Because, you know, a lot of people do, you know, emulation emulators some, or something not an emulator to run windows uh games on linux Uh, so this is is,
2: this is coming from valve themselves uh so valve does a a hardware survey hardware and software survey every month Uh, they will sample a subset of their users Um, if you ever open up steam and you get like a pop-up that says like hey you've been selected for the hardware survey you know would you like to contribute uh, you can view what all information they collect and you can decide to contribute it. I always do just because I like to see that Linux number go up and I'm always on Linux so
1: yeah. I wonder if uh, Linux users opt out because they're like you know what screw you I don't want you collecting this information about me that you already
2: There have. very well might be a lot of Linux users who do not do it. Linux users are you know we're, we're pretty well known for like no I don't want you collecting telemetry data on me
1: But then just by them displaying it to you, it's clear that they already have.
2: I mean, it's opt-in. You can choose not to send it. Uh, It comes up and it asks you, like, would you like to participate? And if you say yes, then it's like, okay, here's what we're going to send. Do you want to send it? And then you you can choose to send it or not. Uh, But that... So this survey is basically uh, a subset of all Steam users. So it's not everyone. Uh, But it is a pretty good sample of the the kind of hardware and software that steam users use uh which obviously this is a self-selected sample of gamers like you're not talking about like people who only use their computer for office work because they don't use steam uh so you know take that as you may uh but in terms of like gaming in particular linux is gaining in popularity uh and i love to see that
1: cool yeah, we'll see. It's not the year of the Linux desktop. I, I that <laughs> It never is. It never, it never will be. It never will be, but um,
0: I will have to say, like, I, I am playing more games on Linux now, but my, my problem's always been like, some things work just fine on Linux and some things either don't like, I can never get it working or it's just such a hassle and then it stops working and it's a hassle getting it working again, that it's just not worth it to do it. So Oh, i would I say more that works.
2: that used to be a much more common experience yeah. uh but proton uh which is the compatibility layer you were talking about that uh so proton is not necessarily uh something i would call an emulator uh it well it does not do like hardware emulation is what i mean like yeah. it doesn't make your system look like another system what it does is it translates these Windows system API calls that the game is making into Linux system API calls. So yeah. it makes the, the game think that it's running in a Windows environment and it will uh, answer, you know, Windows API calls. Uh, but in the background, it's actually the Linux kernel doing the job and the Linux uh, graphics drivers doing the job. Uh, and it supports uh, DirectX. It supports uh, OpenGL and Vulkan. Uh, Vulkan is natively supported on Linux anyway, uh, as as is OpenGL. But DirectX, you know, Direct3D, uh, those APIs are Microsoft-specific. Uh, and what Proton will do, specifically in Proton, there's something called VKD3D, which is a Vulkan to Direct3D or sorry, Direct3D to Vulkan translation layer. Um, That one specifically for DirectX 12, and then there's another one for the older versions of DirectX, but I don't remember its name. Uh, But that will allow you to play Windows games on Linux at native speeds, sometimes even faster. Uh, I know for sure I have had more luck playing older Windows games on Linux than I have on actual Windows. Like on Windows, you need all sorts of like hacks for the game. Like I tried playing American McGee's Alice recently. I could not get it working on Windows 10 at all. I downloaded all the hacks that people have made to say like, you know, replace the EXE with this one and then it'll work on Windows 10 and nothing worked. And now but your Windows 10 computer has on Linux.
1: Now your Windows 10 computer has software polio too.
2: Probably. <laughs> yeah, I probably installed like several viruses doing that. But so, with with Linux, all I had to do was run like from the CD image, run the the installation exe, it installed in like a a virtual Windows environment. Uh and now I can run American McGee's Alice. And I've been nice. playing through it,
1: which is Really cool. So Proton is uh, based on Wine, and Wine is one yep. of those recursive acronyms that says Wine is not an emulator. Yep. So
0: <laughs> yeah, that's why I said, wait, it's not an em- <laughs> not an emulator. So remember, yeah. that's what Wine st- stood for. But Proton I mean, you is getting real an
2: emulator. You can say it's emulating a Windows environment, but it's not what most people think of when they think of an emulator. Most people are thinking of like a hardware emulator, right? You know, if you're emulating like an N64, you're making your computer pretend to be N64 hardware and act like N64 hardware. Whereas with Wine, all these systems are written for x86, you know, uh, x86-64, which is like AMD's 64-bit addition to the x86 uh, instruction set architecture. So they're all written for the processor that you're using they're just written for a different environment
1: yeah so proton is getting really good and people are using it for a lot of things other than games too they're just saying i don't know how it works because i don't really use steam but you can basically use the proton that's built into steam for non-steam games and people are just saying oh adobe illustrator is not a steam game and they're just getting it to work and that's great That, that's great. It's yeah. good. Um, and I think uh, primarily the reason I bring that one up is like when people are like, oh, I can't leave Windows because of the Adobe suite. I think uh, Proton is going to make that uh, concern a thing of the past.
2: Yeah, I think, right. I think you're right.
1: All right. Well, that's great news. It's the year of the Linux desktop. <laughs> it certainly <laughs> is. Every year is the year of the Linux desktop. <laughs> Hi. I'm Dave. I'm the pro- co-producer of this show and the producer of all the other shows here at Echoplex Media. And in case you haven't noticed uh, during the other segments, uh, my lights are acting funny today. So that's that's not my first story. My first story is Substack has removed, is removing uh, five neo-Nazi uh, propaganda uh, blogs on their site, which is um, just five. Um, just before the holidays, the Substack founder... Co-founder Hamish McKenzie defended the decision to leave up neo-Nazi content uh, today. As we're recording of the show, uh, Casey Newton of uh, the platformer reported that the uh, website will remove some of that stuff. Uh, some writers have left for other platforms, and there's some evidence that some of the paying subscribers to regular newsletter creators on there have uh, stopped paying because they don't want to, they don't want to give Substack money if they're going to um, support that stuff, and that's. Uh, just reporting from the Atlantic that says that uh, the newsletters being removed don't have monetiza- monetization enabled and have less than 100 active readers between them according to Substack so oh boy are you solving the problem there Substack and uh, Substack did not reveal the name of the newsletters <laughs> so they removed uh, wow. they removed white supremacist content that approximately 500 people read <laughs> it sure solved the fucking problem
2: you know uh if they didn't do that, I would be perfectly willing to call them a Nazi website. Because if you are a website and you host Nazi content, you're a
1: Nazi website. HK. There's still a Nazi website, according to your thing. They removed five <laughs> very unpopular creators with this kind of content. All right. Fair enough. But I'm just, it's just, this is the most Silicon Valley, like, startup money response ever right they're like well i guess we'll just remove five of these people you've never heard of yeah yep
0: was there any criteria do we know like why they chose who they chose or nope okay
1: they're playing it pretty close to their vest and um by vest i mean like a vest that maybe somebody would have worn in uh late 20s early 30s germany
0: (laughs) (gasps) okay okay
1: um this has been a problem substack has been a like this has been a criticism of Substack for a long time that they are a <clears throat> a place for people to monetize various kinds of harmful content, ranging from medical misinformation and disinformation, white supremacist content. Um, the chemtrails aren't making a comeback on Substack, but that's because that that group of people is never going to make a comeback because they all hate each other. Um, <laughs> so they'd just be writing Substack hit pieces about each other for less than a hundred uh, less than a hundred yeah. readers. I almost didn't include this because it's like highly political in a way but also I feel like it's our it's all right with our it's all right for uh, people to know that our politics are um, uh, not those of the Nazis so I feel, <laughs> yeah. like we're, feel like we're, we're
2: explicitly anti-nazi right I feel like that's
1: yeah. I feel like that's a safe a safe place for us to to go politically on this show <laughs> yeah yep. um and following up from something uh, we I talked about last week in my next story. Twitch's uh, policy on nudity just keeps getting weirder. <laughs> <laughs> um, now you can't just pretend to be naked on the stream, so that's no more... I can't just tell everybody that I'm streaming without pants on now. That's apparently a Twitch TOS violation. Um, nudity's already prohibited, duh. But the new policy will also ban streamers who imply that they're nude. I'm going to have to be real careful. Um, from the new <laughs> policy nor do we permit streamers to imply or suggest that they are fully or partially nude including but not limited to covering breasts or genitals with objects or sensor bars now just real quick um i cover my body with objects um, they're called clothing <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. oh, this one this is getting weird what do you guys think matt We yeah. co- we talked about this a little last week i think
0: yeah it was recently um but uh yeah so i guess this is um because that one woman like she was like had bare shoulders or something and you just never saw if she was wearing clothes or something and that and that freaked everybody out i, I don't know that's so weird
1: well a lot of the a objects- lot of to be fair a lot of awful dudes just slut shamed her right that's like what yeah, happened well, to her. yeah like yeah. i watched some of her content she's like a she's like a nice person like she was yeah like she never said anything about being nude. Um, and we were mentioning that we've just seen like you could get like a high class, low cut evening gown that was, it was considered yeah. classy that's cut lower than where the camera cut off for her. I think that Twitch got played. <laughs> I think they tried yeah. to like, I think they tried to do the right thing by allowing like tasteful nudity and sculptures and artwork. And then they got played. And now they're like, well, now you can't even imply that you're not wearing pants. <laughs> right.
2: No. Can you imply that you're not
1: wearing underwear, but you are wearing pants? Yes.
2: Although that's okay.
1: fine. But your jeans are then an object covering your genitals, so I don't know, HK. <laughs> Can you imply that you're wearing a kilt, but no underwear? The, the kilt would then just be an object, so no. <laughs> okay, so no kilts without <laughs> underwear, but like jeans without underwear is okay? Are jeans an object? Yes. Well, then no. So no, okay. So uh, I'm confused. VTubers only now. <laughs> yep. You can't physically have genitals if you're going to be streaming on Twitch. But if you if if you're like a eunuch, you can't imply that either because
2: <laughs> you can't have, nor can you ever have
1: had genitals when you stream on Twitch. This is. <laughs> They're they, they, they just, they're just, I know they're, I of all the platforms that deal with this stuff, Twitch, I think they really try to do the right thing. Right. I think that they <laughs> yeah. literally tr- like, they think they try to do the right thing. And sometimes I think they're just trying too hard and they end up looking stupid. <laughs> yeah. Yep.
0: I think the object thing is, uh, they don't want you to try to do the, uh, uh, ta- ta- tassels. The- no, like the, um, Mike Myers and the, uh, what he would do in his, in his movies. Yeah. Yeah. There's always a scene where there's he's nude, but they have objects tr- strategically yeah. placed to cover up anything.
1: I mean, <laughs> they're saying he can't even put up like sensor bars, but yeah. like why? And I'm it's unclear if this is over yourself or if I notice that there's nudity in something that I want to show and I go in and blur it because yeah. I won't think the content is yeah. worth showing but I know that I can't display nudity. So I go in and blur it. Or I think the sensor bars are actually funnier, but what, <laughs> is this? Like, does that run afoul of it? Or is it about me? Like, this is all like, very unclear. You can put sensor bars on like broadcast television. So
2: I'm a little confused about why they won't even allow
1: sensor bars. I think this doesn't apply. If I show a video and it's censored that way, I think it doesn't apply, but it's unclear. I think it applies. Okay, to- it's
2: only if you're like wearing like fake sensor bars, like just, you just have like a, a couple black strips of paper taped onto your chest.
1: <laughs> I, yeah, I think that would apply to you and me and Matt if we were appearing as the talent, and we're using the word talent here awful loosely. But um, <laughs> I, I think it applies in that way, and I think it's. I know, I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to stop what people call titty streamers. Okay. Um, that okay. I. Don't like that terminology, um, because it's sexist, right? Yeah, um, but they should. I don't know what they should. They, I think they're just trying too hard to do the right thing here, and they're just looking stupid. Because yeah, they're a platform. Their marketing is cute, like as you you know, it's their marketing is cute. We accept that there are kids on Twitch, and um. I think they try to do the right thing, and there's some ways in which they're strict. But in this, in dealing with nudity as far as it pertains to art and that stuff, they've just dug themselves a really stupid hole. Now
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: they're in the stupid hole. So, and and, and if as the a hole pre- reminded you of anybody's body part, you couldn't show the hole. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So it relates as relating to one of the other shows, uh, in Echoplex, basically the, um, satanic panic show, like, are you gonna have problems or have you had problems Have you've been censoring that now
1: or what? Um, no, but the, 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 the main thing again, is that I think Twitch tries to do the right thing. We have the right tags yeah. on our, on our stuff and okay. I can get a hold of a human being there. If I'm like really concerned about a piece of content and I'll be like, it's at five minutes. Can you take a look at this? And they'll tend to no. get back to me. Um We no. did get uh have a problem on cults in the satanic panic from YouTube. When somebody who there was this movie I showed that I didn't think anybody would take credit for. It was about a guy who <laughs> ate a fish sandwich and a mountain dew off the back of a truck in Texas and then saw Jesus. Apparently the producer <laughs> of that film did a takedown of our YouTube live. Um, I don't know why he would, claim credit for that but i don't i don't i think what they were trying to do initially was to allow if you were showing sculpture right or maybe you were even making a sculpture of a nude person that they were going to allow you to show that on your art stream if you tagged it with there might be sexual themes in my in my um video and that's fine Yes, you should be able to do a nude sculpture or a nude painting on Twitch if your audience is adults and like it's and if it's just a, a some some breasts or even full frontal if it's a painting that you're painting because you're painting a nude and everybody knows that you're painting a nude and you set up that this has sexual themes so that thumbnails don't show up on the twitch homepage for kids that should be fine but people got mad. <laughs> Yeah. If you were,
2: say, drawing a picture of Bowser absolutely railing Donkey Kong though, would <laughs> well, that count as like fine that's art? Al- nude? That's already
1: that's our you can't depict um that's already been in there. You cannot you cannot art you can't depict uh sex acts. Oh, okay. Okay. So also, like,
0: there's copyright besides that.
2: If it was just Bowser like standing there looking sexy with his
1: bowser his mini bowser out (laughs) like that Um, would be fine but (laughs) i that i don't i you know that's the problem here is this is this is all they've 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 just confused everybody now honestly okay i think think they've just confused everybody and and i'm uncomfortable with the way that you're talking about bowser um Kicked off of
0: uh, YouTube.
1: <laughs> oh gosh, are we going to get kicked no. off of YouTube? No, for that? I don't know. I would. <laughs> I'd, I'd. I'd be proud of that, honestly. Um, <laughs> but like I said, I think that all they're doing, they've just confused everyone now, and yep. and I I think that their first move was the right move to be like, if you're, you know, if there's, if, for example, if there was a film in the public domain that somebody wanted to display, and there was a scene in it where there was some nudity, but that it the, the nudity was not like gratuitous and the stream was tagged as possible sexual themes and not shown to minors on Twitch. That was the right call that they made initially, but then people started just drawing titties everywhere because that's, <laughs> but then, but then they, they could have just kicked those people off because the 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 policy didn't say just draw titties all the time.
2: Whatever they do, though, people are going to try and push the boundaries of
1: it, right? And yeah. they but they should know that. I don't know. This is. They, I just think this is one of those cases where just based and this is you know hugely biased, but based on my own experience on Twitch versus, for example, YouTube, I think that their trust and safety team is just trying to do the right thing, honestly, and they keep mm-hmm. fucking it up because. They, they aren't, I think maybe they don't consider like you were saying edge cases and make wording about that where, well, these things are fine, but if your channel's content becomes about this, we're going to kick you off, you know, something like that. Like this is not, if this is occasional and incidental to other content that you're showing, you will, you will be allowed leniency. But if this is, if your channel, you know, I don't know, even know how you would word it, but. I just think they tried to do the right thing as far as like allowing people, mostly artists, honestly, they were trying to allow artists to basically do sculpture and talk about fucking nudity and paintings and art critique and film critique and stuff of like older, like, you know what I'm saying? They tried to do like the right thing for like people who's, who cover maybe things about old burlesque shows or something. You know what I mean? I think that's what they had in mind and that's what didn't happen because young men probably actually. Yeah, probably <laughs> probably young young <laughs> horny men <laughs> don't be horny on main on uh twitch people you're going to ruin it for the somebody who just wants to do new nude, nude sculpture all right <laughs> yep <laughs> well those are my stories for this week and uh my understanding is that uh hk is going to read us read the show out again because he doesn't like the uh old readout he did
2: <laughs> let's redo Thank you for tuning in to how the tech are you we do this show every week and we put it out into three segments on YouTube and we also put it out as a podcast if you'd like that that you can find that at ecoplexmedia.com along with all our other shows. Don't forget to like and subscribe and uh, we'll have a, a recommended video here on the screen for you to check out next.